Welcome to the new warehouse. Safety has been a big focus on the podcast as we have been including a safety tip in the beginning of each episode for a few months now. With June around the corner, we will be celebrating National Safety Month, and I want to hear your top safety tips. To submit a safety tip and have it played on an episode, head to speakpipe.com slash the new warehouse. That's speakpipe.com slash the new warehouse, or click the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and here's today's safety tip. Hi, this is Ryan Lynch with Concentric. This is the new warehouse podcast. My warehouse safety tip is, if you can, eliminate forklift battery swaps from your facility. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates and wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? level go to www.sixriver.com to learn more that's www.sixriver.com to learn more the new warehouse podcast hosted by kevin lawton is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution transportation and logistics industry A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Long with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am joined by Ryan Lynch, who is the VP of Marketing at Concentric. And Concentric is focused on the power sources for your equipment in the warehouse. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about what it is exactly Concentric does, some of the innovation shift that we're seeing in terms of power on the forklift side of things, And then also a little bit more about forklift technology versus AGV technology on the power side and what it is that you should really decide on what's right for you and what to do. And also a little something that they offered called guaranteed power. That's power in all caps. So, you know, it's very powerful and it's a great thing. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Definitely happy to have you on. I know that you, you've been uh, a listener, email subscriber for a while. So it's good to have you on a, as a guest as well now. So why, why don't you give us a little bit of information about Concentric, what it is that you guys do? Sure. I think for your listeners, they may not have thought about it this way, but mm-hmm. material handling for them, if they're running a high velocity multi-shift forklift location, 
material handling is like the third highest cost after after their people and right. rent or lease mm-hmm. or mortgage. And it's, you know, a forklift's the most unmanageable asset in the facility. It's inherently going to create waste in mm-hmm. your facility. And so Concentric 20 years ago, we started bringing in application engineering and utility thought process to forklift power, right? As, as forklifts were being electrified, we said, hey, the forklift should operate from a power standpoint like your light switch. And there's a lot, awful lot of engineering that needs to go into that and also service and maintenance as well as, you know, an Internet of Things before it was called Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. And so our, our team is essentially a set of application engineers and then a set of service team members that assess what you've got today, design an engineered system for you, and then manage it for you so you can stop thinking about your material handling power. All right, great. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great thing to do as well, because I think oftentimes you don't necessarily think about that as a, as an operations person. You just kind of like, oh, this is the, the battery that's in the forklift and that's about it. Right. So, you know, but a lot of the conversation around batteries and I've had battery companies on the show before and things like that. And, you know, there's been a lot of innovation shift that's been focused on on the power side of the forklift. When we talk about different aspects of the battery, whether it's lead acid, lithium ion, different technologies with tracking the battery. But why do you think that's happened? Why, why has innovation shifted to focus on the, on the power side of the forklift? Sure. Well, I, I think, you know, power was an afterthought, right? For, mm-hmm. for the last 50 years, customers thought, I need to get, choose the right forklift. And so forklift mm-hmm. innovation happened. Then they would get the local dealer for the forklift brand that they wanted. And then the dealer would make the decision on the forklift power. And and to be honest, 20 years ago, it was, if I'm running, I need a battery per shift. Yeah. Right. Now that that started to change a little bit, but ultimately power has always been secondary, even though it's essentially the powertrain for your forklift. Mm. And so I think the innovation was always on the forklift. And now you're starting to see investments beyond kind of the engineered system approach we have, but actually investments in the battery, right? A right. lithium battery, a hydrogen fuel cell, mm. thin plate, pure lead. And and what they're trying to do is, is what we're doing with engineering, they're trying to fix some of that with the battery technology itself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. And like you said, there's been a lot of innovation around the forklift itself, the machine itself. And then you know, you don't necessarily think about how do we shift the thinking on the power. I'm curious, though, do you think that some of that innovation shifting in the in the thinking side of innovation, do you think some of that stems from kind of also what we're seeing in, in the automobile market where people are shifting their perspective on electric cars and things of that nature? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So automotive lithium will drive what has driven what mm. we're seeing now, right? Yeah. Automotive is what's going to drive lithium prices down and now back up, right? Because yeah. <laughs> potentially because uh, people are using it. So we're, we're certainly going to come behind automotive in that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, I keep seeing that um, repeating itself in our industry, whereas like the, the consumer market technology innovations are, are being reflected within in the warehouse space and it makes it makes total sense because you know i think oftentimes in in the warehousing sector you know we kind of 
kind of behind the times for a while but in the last few years we've kind of like really caught up and now there's all these tech companies and things of that nature and it only makes sense that you know we're going to innovate on the power side of things as well so but but i you know kevin i I agree with you but the the other thing to think about is forklifts were ahead of automobiles and electric right we've had 50 plus percent of forklifts be electric for quite a while Mm -hmm. where it's it's just a few percent with cars Right. So actually, we've been the ones that have innovated on that side, but it's been with, you know, predominantly the trusty lead acid battery and then new types of, of charging technology. Now we're getting more weapons like lithium, like thin plate, pure lead, like hydrogen, so that we can do more complex things. We can run things down to one battery per truck, even in the hardest applications, that kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's interesting now because I think the... Like you said, now there's there's so many more options or weapons, as you said, that we're putting in the arsenal, right, for power. So, you know, one of the things you mentioned that you guys do at Concentric is is you decide, you know, what's the what's the best setup for for the operation. So, so I'm curious, you know, how do you actually decide what forklift or AGV power tech is is the right one for the use case or the or the situation or the operation? Yeah, and, and, and what if it's more than one technology, right? right. So it, it, it's actually, it's really simple. We, we've refined our application engineering system assessment process. It's, it's an operational and then power assessment process. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for 20 years. But you go in and it's got, it's got several major components. One is the operations and business objectives piece. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that power system in each application, right? You might have the same forklift doing two different applications. You got to you got to run against both of those. You also have to look at all the maintenance practices and all the productivity practices of your of your people. And then the third piece, which is really important, is is that spend component. Mm-hmm. And what's really grown is that is a is a fourth component around sustainability, right? Defining sustainability, what that means to you and your business, and and all the aspects of that, because that should drive your decisions as well. Definitely, yeah, yeah, and I think the sustainability as well comes has come more into play as a lead, which is probably driving some of the the newer technologies as well. So, but I'm curious, you you mentioned something there in the beginning that was interesting, where you said, "What if you end up with you know with more than one a solution, right?" So, how often are you seeing that there's maybe a hybrid and an operation of of more than one power solution? Well, I mean, I, it can be. Depending on how many, you know, if you're in a manufacturing distribution scenario mm-hmm. where you've got some cold storage and you've got manufacturing and then you've got, you know, say a, a distribution center that's more kind of e-commerce feel, mm-hmm. you're going to, you could, you could end up with uh, some lithium, some lead acid and some thin plate pure lead. You could have different charging systems and you right. want all those to integrate, talk to each other. So you manage all those applications one way, but they're going to operate individually at an application level. We'll be back after a quick break. What's the new warehouse without a warehouse? I'm excited to let you know that we have expanded our 3PL fulfillment services beyond our micro fulfillment center. We can now handle all levels of e-commerce fulfillment needs as well as transportation, B2B distribution, FBA prep, and much more. Thanks to our partnership with Xperia Global, we can service you from the port to the customer's porch. Reach out to me directly at kevin at thenewwarehouse.com for all your fulfillment and logistics needs. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I was curious about that. And, you know, we talk about 
the mix and the, the different types of technologies that are out there and innovations that are happening. You know, you mentioned lead acid, lithium ion, even hydrogen fuel cells as well. You know, there's some skepticism, I'm sure, every time, you know, there's new newer technologies being introduced in the market. And especially as you mentioned, you know, the lithium ion prices were, were higher and now coming down, maybe going back up again, you, you suggested. So, you know, how, how far along are these newer technologies exactly are they at the point where people can feel comfortable adopting them or there's still some things that are being worked out how do, how do you feel about that yeah i one i would just say on the lithium i'm not an expert in that i mm-hmm. i was just kidding around i, I really don't know <laughs> where it's going uh, be real careful there um so i i think it's i think it's a really good idea to have healthy skepticism of new technology right mm-hmm. i think you know, ultimately, you know, what is it that you want, right? The new players, they have made tremendous headway in their products. Mm-hmm. They're way ahead of where they were three and four years ago, by and large. So, I mean, that that's the good news. But I, I think if you're, a, you're an operator of a facility, the litmus test for you really needs to be, I want my forklift power system to be invisible to me, not mm-hmm. just in the first 90 days when I implement it, not just in the first year or two, but through the life of that asset. Whether it, whatever it's supposed to be, right? If it's a cold storage and it's supposed to be three to four years, I don't want to worry about it until I'm replacing it. If it's a six-year lithium application, I don't want to worry about it for one day. I don't want to think about it again after I implement it. And so, you know, if you have that mindset, how you evaluate these technologies is really going to be very interesting on the front end. And I think the biggest thing for folks to be thinking about is don't fall in, in love with a technology. Mm. Before you do that operational and power assessment and you really understand what's what are the options, you, you really want to do it with a, a technology independent, technology agnostic thought process and evaluate it in its total sum first, knowing what your business objectives are, knowing what your cost objectives are before you make any decisions. And now a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Supply Chain Mavens. The past year has been full of fascinating and complex supply chain news. From shortages and forecasting challenges, to issues with COVID-19 test components, to the never-before-seen speed to market of the vaccine. In the past year, logistics and supply chain professionals like you have been nothing short of miracle workers. Supply Chain Mavens helps your team to continuously improve by developing tailored training solutions to enhance your team's competencies so they can successfully work across all aspects of supply chain. They offer exam preparation for the coveted APIX certified in logistics, transportation, and distribution designation, as well as education and topics across the supply chain. Visit them at supplychainmavens.net slash new warehouse to learn how they can help you advance your team's performance. That's supplychainmavens.net slash new warehouse. Now back to the show. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely good points there. And I, I like that you said don't fall don't fall in love with the technology. That's kind of like the, the shiny object syndrome, right? It's like the new new technology. Oh my god, it sounds great. Everybody's saying it's so great and you know, maybe it's it might not just be the right fit for you. So I, I think it's I think it's really good and obviously you guys are helping customers to to navigate that and determine, you know, what is what is the right fit for them. But from a, a customer perspective then, you know, you don't want them to fall in love with the new technology right away because it may not be right for them. But 
how how do you really know as a customer and and you mentioned there you know you'd want the battery itself to be essentially invisible not have to think about it for the life of the asset you mentioned so you know with that being said how do you know from a customer perspective like how would i know that it's time for me to think about something different for my power source like is there a trigger point what what really are the factors that go into starting to have that conversation yeah i mean i, I think if you've got if you're being asked to do more mm-hmm. move more product every year at a lower cost yeah then power should be on the table okay. right it's it should be invisible to your system and you should be able to get to a fixed non-volatile cost basis over time and mm-hmm. then, so if you don't know what your cost basis is for your forklift you know, every, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, I think you might want to think about doing an assessment just for that, just to get that basis. When you really know you need to do something, I think if you're running multiple batteries, a truck, or even 1.2, 1.3 batteries, a truck, you're doing some swap, you're running 10 or more forklifts and you're running multi-shift. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good indicator that at some point you should be thinking about it. If you're, if you're getting a lot more than five years out of your lead acid batteries, you yeah. probably got too much equipment. You should be thinking about it. If you're only getting a couple years out of your lead acid, if after the first year and a half, things aren't going well. I think the other thing that, that I see is folks are two or three years into their equipment. Mm. You can still evaluate your power system at that point, and you can make tweaks to the charging. You can put things into a lease program and really reduce your cost structure. You can make changes to your applications. There's never a time when you can't think about improving the forklift power system if things aren't going the way you want to. Mm, interesting points. Yeah, yeah. I was curious about that because you know you mentioned you don't want to you don't want to think about it, but I think that it's it's a good point that you state there. You want to do it maybe even just to get a basis, just to understand where you're at in the current moment, and then you can improve from there, as you mentioned, which which is a great perspective as well. So I'm curious, you know, with that being said, and you mentioned you know being able to save cost on that. Do you have you have some examples of like how much people are able to save once they once they actually do a proper assessment and and get in place the right solution for them? Yeah, great question. When uh, they, they they talked me into coming to the forklift industry uh, six years ago, <laughs> every single time we walked into a multi ship application, mm-hmm. we found well over thirty percent savings while improving productivity, while improving uptime, mm-hmm. while going to fixed costs and. Imp- improving safety. It's not every single time that we find 30% or more savings today because mm-hmm. um, technology has improved, but it's still two out of three times for the kinds of customers I'm describing. If you're a high velocity customer running multi-shift and running hard, the chances that there are savings inside of your forklift power is very, very high. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I th- and I, I guess I didn't, I didn't think about that as a, such a high costs on the power side. So, so it's definitely interesting perspective there. And, you know, you mentioned when you look at the different things to kind of assess what is the right fit, one of those is sustainability. And obviously, you know, sustainability has become such a, such a larger discussion just in the supply chain space in general, but how, how much does sustainability kind of fit into that power decision? And are you seeing that, sustainability potentially may outweigh some cost savings just to have a better impact as a company in the environment situation? Or is it something that's still maybe 
not at the top of the list, but still just a consideration. Yeah, I think that we should all be encouraged Mm -hmm. by the way more and more companies are thinking about sustainability. It used to be defined as a triple bottom line, great value for your customer, bottom line dollars for your shareholder, and then, you know, something, you know, taking care of your environment and your employee. I, I would say the way that people are starting to define sustainability, cost is actually a piece of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to create a sustainable, profitable uh, business that has a go-forward future, mm-hmm. right? So that's to, to us, that's one of the four components we think about is how different is the cost structure for a, a lithium in this situation? We have some situations where lithium is cheaper. Done mm-hmm. right, lithium can be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes lead acid is bad, right? Just depends. Another is environmental impact, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you define that? Is, is circular economy really important to you? Well, lead acid has some really neat properties in that category. Mm-hmm. If it's more of um, how much power do I actually consume, that there's a different thing to think about. Do you, do you care about your carbon footprint? Do you care about how much lead acid is on the, on the property? That's important. Another one is performance. That's another category of sustainability. And then the final is maybe the most important these days, which is the wellness and health of your employees, which includes safety, right? Right. And so all four of those components of cost, performance, environmental, and wellness safety, you can look at those in multiple ways, depending on which company you are and what your company's objectives are. So part of it is mapping that out and then mapping that against your different choices. Um, as you make a final decision for for your systems, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think there's a, a lot of interesting points here because you have, you know, you're thinking about sustainability in in a multiple different ways, and not just the necessarily outside environmental impact. But you also mentioned, you know, the safety of your employees in there as well, which is a huge thing, and obviously it ties back to your your safety tip of the day of not wanting to swap batteries. Right. So, uh, so it's a really good thing to, to think about as well. And obviously there is a, there's always a cost in there as well when it comes to safety. So, so I'm happy that you could point that out. So before we wrap up here now, let's, let's talk about this guaranteed power. And I said power in all caps. So, so this is a, a program that you guys have. Tell us, tell us about this. What, what is this guaranteed power? Yeah. So first, our concentric has branches and on-site technicians on a nationwide basis providing guaranteed power. Okay. So, so the first and most important thing about guaranteed power is we want to make forklift power invisible to you. And we want to take it down to a fixed cost Mm. at every single one of your facilities. So you can compare and contrast your processes everywhere nationwide. But what guaranteed power does is essentially figures out every application you have in a facility and then provide you power that will run for the life of those assets at a fixed cost per month, where even at peak, you still have the power you need to run. Mm. No surprises. Interesting. So I guess it's kind of, uh, it sounds like it's almost like power as a, as a service, right? So you're basically. It, it, it is, it yeah. is essential. That's right, Kevin. It's, yeah. it's power as a service. It's power as a utility. Mm-hmm. It, it creates a fixed cost model and, banks those savings, right? So if you're spending a million dollars a day, we're going to take you to $750,000 and we're going to fix that cost on a monthly basis. Wow. Wow. That's pretty interesting. I I like that idea because it does, just as you mentioned, you know, during peak as well, you're going to be using more power, but 
I mean, hopefully, you know, if your business is doing well, you'll be using more power. But, you know, it's good to know because, you know, you don't have to kind of expect expect a higher cost, right? Because it's going to be flat throughout the year every month. Is that, is that correct in my understanding? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it depends. I mean, the whole idea is that you mm-hmm. want to tie your usage, right? right? Your revenues are, and your usage are going to tie together. And so the closer mm-hmm. you can get to getting those tie, your costs tied to your revenue, that that's the goal. Yeah. All right. That's definitely, uh, definitely a great program. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to hear about this from a, uh, the perspective of doing an analysis and having, you know, sort of a potential for a hybrid and mixed setup of a power solution. So Ryan, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the show. How can people find out more information about Concentric? Yeah, you can reach out to us at concentricusa.com. You can call us on our 1-800 number or just send us a note if you're interested in assessment on on our front page. All right, great. Uh, So thank you again for your time and thank you for coming on The New Warehouse. You've been listening to The New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.